Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020, and this is Liberty Church Audio. I'm Pastor John. I think this is going to be the 14th or 15th podcast since we suspended our services during the coronavirus, blah, blah. Sick and tired of hearing about it, aren't you? What I mean there is how the crisis is bandied about in the news and the lockdown conditions that we're living in. I'm not tired of praying for our county, our church family, those that have contracted the virus and their families. We do need to pray that all of this will pass with God's sustaining grace and with the minimal number of people who become ill. I hear that places like Lowe's are just filled with people buying materials to do home projects and to keep busy. Uh, The traffic in town seems at times to be just rolling right along and we are busy, busy, even in this lockdown time. It's taken a while to adjust to living like this, but uh, we're still kind of in the middle of this right now and we're trying to keep busy. And I think the temptation would be to fall into our phones to fall into our screens, to fall into Zoom and Skype and FaceTime or Amazon Prime or Netflix and not really do anything that might cultivate our walk with the Lord. That would be a waste. That would be a temptation. And if we fall into it, it would, def- it would definitely be a waste. I want to continue encouraging you to cultivate that time with the Lord, to pray, and to deepen your walk with Him. And this is a great time to set aside time to pray, to carve out those moments where we can dedicate our direction and our focus into a personal walk with the Lord. But if you're like me, um, sometimes you, you want to pray, and yet you feel a great resistance to it because you just don't know what to do. You don't know how to make it work. Now, we've talked about this before, but I wanted to return to the subject and share with you chapter 15 from a book called Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. And, of course, this was written by Lewis again. Um, But he's talking about how he has to work to get his mind prepared for prayer. That's why I talk about meditation and prayer. I think meditation and quietness and getting your mindset ready for prayer takes a little time, and then you can pray. And you need kind of an on-ramp to where prayers can rise authentically from your heart. But this book, Letters to Malcolm, Letter 15, is where Lewis talks about he talks about getting into the mindset for prayer, and he waxes philosophical and a little bit psychological, and he admits that the challenge for him is in returning to a mindset or mindfulness, a mindset for prayer. He says his problem was that he was converted late in life, and because he came from an educated background, very highly educated, very highly intelligent, it's kind of hard for him to assume that childlike attitude, that childlike faith that is necessary for prayer. And this is not a boast on his part. I think it's more of a confession. He's not bragging about how smart he is, but he's saying, I think, that his background has created obstacles to a childlike faith that is needed for prayer. And that could probably be said for a lot of adults now. We've lived a long time, 
but we've got a lot of life experience and it's hard to to maybe overcome some cynicism in prayer uh to overcome some skepticism in prayer and you're like lewis who said one can't just jump back into one's childhood it's hard to get back to that childlike faith so how does he find his way back to that childlike attitude towards prayer He says, we have to work back to the simplicity a long way around. Now, some prayers rise instantly and are very authentic and very meaningful, and they, 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 they rise from us without a second thought. I remember a few Christmases ago, several years ago, Ruth and I were riding with uh, Ruth's sister Marjorie and her husband Dave was driving, and I don't remember if we were looking at Christmas lights or if we were coming back from a Christmas party from somewhere, but we were down on Bogard Road near English Creek Baptist Church, and we were about to turn on to Highway 321. And I was in the passenger side, and somehow in the turning, there was a car that turned right at us, came right at us, and it seemed there for a moment that it brushed by my face by just a few inches. And I'm telling you, a quick prayer rose from my heart. And it was heartfelt and sincere. So I don't think you always have to take a lot of time to get into a heartfelt mindset for prayer because they can rise instantly and quickly and be very meaningful, especially when your brother-in-law Dave is driving. But to sustain a prayer life, I think we need to take time to cultivate our mindset, take time to be quiet and to focus and to direct our attention. And I think that that has become a lost art in our culture. Because if we find ourselves in a moment of stillness, we tend to reach for our phones now. We find it, we fall into our screens. We mindlessly tap and scroll through information that will not help us or sustain us long-term in any way. It's a form of mental meandering that diminishes the soul. I think we can lose our ability to sustain our focus over one sentence of printed text and to cobble together a complete thought sometimes, let alone spend any time in prayer to God in the quietness of our hearts. We need to learn to value stillness over activity, at least for a certain amount of time in our day. Now, activity is needed, and there's nothing wrong with going to Lowe's and getting things for home projects and to keep busy and to work in the garden and to to do whatever else it is that we like to do but Christ because we have to be doing something but Christ reminded Martha who was a little miffed at her sister for sitting at his feet while she was whirling around in the kitchen because those who whirl can be miffed at those who ponder but Christ said Martha you are anxious and troubled about many things But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus said the good part of life is to be focused on the presence of God. That's the good portion. That's where the marrow is. That's where the meaning is. It's the only thing that can fulfill and sustain the soul, and I think it's the only place where we can find our authentic self, by the way. So in letter 15, Lewis talks about his struggles 
The question is, how does he place himself in the presence of God? One thing he finds necessary is that he has to abolish this shallow image of God. He calls his image of God the bright blur, some idea of light in a far distance, of God way out there or way over here or far away. But he has to take time to remember that God is a God who is close. He is in here, sustaining the world around him, sustaining the four walls that surround him. And, and not just the, the world around him, but his own mind. God is sustaining his own personality and his own mind. And so he has to ponder to the fact that it is God who is the ultimate reality that doesn't move. That's when he finds the moment of prayer, when he realizes that he himself and the world around him, yes, they're very real, and they're more than what they appear to be, but they are very far from being rock-bottom reality because God is the rock-bottom reality, and he's close. So he has finally thought past the chatter of his own mind, his, his little glimpses of himself and his little glimpses of his memories and his past and what the world around him is like. And he writes, when I do that, in essence, he says, here is the holy ground. The bush is burning now. And then he follows up with this famous quote, The prayer preceding all prayers is, May it be the real I who speaks. May it be the real thou that I speak to. That's what he's trying to get to. Focused to the point where his true self is talking to the true God of the universe. And I know that when I myself reach those moments, that's, what's my, that's what my soul needs. No human conversation, no podcast by smart people, no movie, no book or even sunrise can reach me like that. That's why Lewis concludes the most blessed result of prayer would be to rise thinking, but I never knew before, I never dreamed. He's talking about an experience with God. This is what Paul is saying that when he prays for us, he's praying that we, that we might know the depth and the breadth and the height of the love of God. It's not just mental knowledge, it's experiential knowledge. And when that is applied to prayer, we rise saying, I never knew, I never dreamed. And he concludes saying, I suppose it was such a moment that Thomas Aquinas said of his own theology, it reminds me of straw. Now, believe me, we need good theology. We need true understandings of God. We need correct statements about God. But even more than that, we need God. We need God himself. And prayer and meditation to help us get to prayer, whether it's getting past our own mind or getting past our own surroundings or those things that are pressing in, and we realize that God is close and he's ultimate reality, and the bush begins to burn as it did for Moses, and we can talk to God we come away, and I think the only question that remains is, why don't I take more time for this? I want to thank everyone who came last week to help with our food distribution. I got a phone call. They said we have a lot of produce coming in. Uh, restaurants are shutting down and right now there's just a flood of, of produce and can you take about six pallets and I said yes and so they drove up from Maryville 
and dropped off about, I think, eight pallets. And the word went out. Dave Ford made a call. People came. And we had a great team. People just seemed to know what to do. We got we got it together. The food was we, we processed through some of the food. We put uh, we bagged it, boxed it, got it ready for distribution. And we I made a little video that went up on our Facebook page. It was seen over three thousand times. It got shared well over a hundred times by the community. And I want to thank everybody that got the word out. So the cars looped around. The car stopped. Opened the door put the food in, they drove off, and it just went on like that. And it was a very smooth operation. And I don't know that I can say everybody's names that was here. I'm going to forget somebody. So please just know that we are so thankful for all the help. And the people that came, I want to thank everybody that came. You were so kind and so grateful and encouraging to us. So pray for us. We're thinking about how to do that again. We, we don't normally have a food pantry here. We support Sunset Gap on a monthly basis. I know Trinity Baptist Church down the road has the Ark, which is a food pantry, and we, we commend them for that. Uh, what we did here was just kind of a one-time overflow, but I think there's still more to do. So if you're interested, let me know, and we can put you to work on that. Uh, at the same time, we've got to limit that number um, just because of the social distancing. Can I ask you to do me a favor? If you like a podcast you see on Facebook or, or on our website, libertypastor.com, do you mind sharing that with others and letting them know about it? I want to include some videos in this post for this podcast, uh, and you can scroll down on libertypastor.com and, and find these. Last Sunday on Easter, that afternoon, Ruth and I went for a walk, and Buck, our dog, went with us, and we came across a wild hog, a little baby hog. And what happened there I thought was funny, so I made a little video of it. Karen commented on the video that it was the most excitement Cosby has seen in 30 days. And she said there's a sermon in there somewhere, and I'm pondering, pondering, Karen, to find out how to put that in there. But if you'd like to see that video, I'll include that in this post, and it's called A Little Pig Surprises a Little Dog. Also, a couple of our short films have, all, have been accepted into film festivals again, Special Election, uh, which we've had a couple of years now. We produced it a couple years ago. It's been put into a film festival, and our latest, Archer's Window, is a finalist. And so I'm going to put those in this post. Archer's Window is a movie about hope when you can't get out. So there's a little pig surprises a little dog. I want to include Archer's Window. And then there's a video I came across. It's called What is the Gospel? And it's just a great video. And if you have friends that might need to hear that or be encouraged to hear that, whether you're a Christian or not, it's just a great explanation and an encouragement. I've been asked to help organize a faith-based response to the coronavirus crisis. And one of the things that we're doing is pulling together a website where people in our community can go to find information about food, health care, what the state of Tennessee is offering in terms of employment, unemployment. Um, and so I'm putting together all this information. But it also has a page for spiritual support. And I would encourage you to go to c19taskforce.org and look at what we're putting together. It's C, the number 19, taskforce.org. 
I want to finish up reading from Christ's sermon, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And we say, Amen.